1: right now professor you are you're a swish head i am you're uh you, you love to polish a board and go do. go hard in the low post go I hard do. in the paint you box out in the I, low post i go hard lots of places you're not, all you worry. you're all about the b-ball so you're very excited I about am. our guest that we have on the line now do you want to do the honors
0: i do uh now i currently the person i think is the best coach in the nbl he's leading the team that's on top of the table the the team that won the competition last year, the mighty Sydney Kings. Joining us now is Chase Buford. Welcome to the Summer Runner home, Chase. Good
2: afternoon, fellas. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolute pleasure. Now, Chase, you are sitting on top of the ladder with the Sydney Kings. You've had a couple of losses in the last couple of games, four games to go. Are you pretty happy with where you're sitting at the moment?
2: Yeah, obviously not a not a great weekend for us, dropping a couple of close games, um, but Took a lot of positives from it, a lot of learning opportunities. And, yeah, at the end of the day, still top of the ladder. Got it all to play for with a couple of weeks to go and really get ready for finals.
1: Is it, Are you looking to finals at this point, or is it these next four games? Are you just going one game at a time, mate?
2: Yeah, we're definitely just taking it one game at a time. But at the same time, you know, you kind of got an eye on working on a few things and making sure you got everything ironed out, knowing that the games coming up in a few weeks are the most important.
0: Now, Chase, the crowds you guys have been getting, at Sydney have been amazing. I went to a game a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Phoenix. Didn't pay for tickets? Uh, no, I definitely paid. I paid double because I love the Kings. And, um, mate, I think there was 13,000 there that night. And then you've you've backed that up. You've had 14,232 fans your last game. T- five games in a row, over 10,000 people. I mean, it's, it's just an absolute spectacle there at the moment at Kudos Bank, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it seems to be growing, you know, every game. We had some good crowds early in the season. I think the uh you know, the Christmas Day game was obviously a, a big nationwide news point and um people seem to be loving the product we're putting on. The team's doing really well and um Sydney loves winners, so the fan fans love coming out and supporting the team's got a chance.
1: Yeah, mate. On uh, on Sunday, you guys had your uh, heritage round, and you had your induction into the Ring of Honour. Um, I believe at halftime during the game. Um, how was that getting? Uh, well, getting to see the uh, the ex players and the the guys that have contributed so much to the Kings over the years, and getting them around the playing group.
2: Yeah, it's great. Obviously, Brad does a lot of our games, and um, to have him honoured was was really neat. I got to chat with him a little bit before the game. He, he's uh, I think was very humbled by it, and you know the club means a lot to him. So. To, to get him, you know, rewarded and, and recognized was great. And um, the interaction some of the, the former alumni have with, with our players is, is good, and we want to keep growing it to, to really expand that going forward.
0: Hey, Chase, I, that game I went to a couple of weeks ago, it was very entertaining. You guys managed to win. The, the, the game and, the you know, all the entertainment between was entertaining. But I have to say, mate, watching you on the sideline is just as entertaining. Your energy is amazing. Is that something you're conscious of when you're
2: coaching? yeah sometimes obviously it's something i've tried to somewhat work on and make sure i harness in the right ways but yeah i mean we're out there it's an entertainment business guys want to put on a show we all want to you know be passionate be into it have a good time and let people know we care you you
1: certainly do that um we've (laughs) we've seen quite a bit of footage of you on the sideline and it is yeah it is very entertaining and passionate do you when you're when you're at that level of passion and then you call a timeout and you gotta get the, the the guys around you, does it take a couple of breaths for you just to settle down and get back into speaking voice so the other team can't hear you? Because you're quite vocal.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I probably don't need as many breaths as I should take sometimes, but uh, I've been known to fire off quite a few words or a few expletives at a timeout at the right time. So use it as an opportunity to, to get the guys a message or maybe to apply a little fire sometimes too.
0: Now Chase, what a lot of people don't realise is that you're only thirty four. Is that right? And you are, you're coaching in the NBL and you won it last year. I mean, it's pretty amazing how
2: young you are and what you're doing. It's funny being around these guys, 34, it seems old. And I yeah. feel probably even older than that. So, uh, but no, it's, you know, I got a great staff to to back me up. They do a ton of the work too. Kevin Lish, Fleur McIntyre, Daniel Kicker, all kind of legends in their own right. And um, no, it's, it's definitely a by committee effort and and it's it's a fun group to be a part of
0: because you grew up in texas correct you're born in san antonio yeah yeah
2: more than born and raised in san antonio
0: so can you tell us the difference between i guess a living in australia uh and living over there and and b like just the difference in the league what it's like coaching here as opposed to
2: america um i mean ton of differences in terms of living the America's pretty bad shit right now so they've lost their minds but um, no, it's the, the, the locker room environment and, and coaching in Australia is great. They, the The players are very big on the team ethos and you don't have to coach effort so much and things like that because the guys are just, they want to win, they want to do it together and a lot of that stuff comes very natural and it's it's a fun environment to to be around and the, the sporting environment in Australia is great because people care they grow up playing and um, no, it's just awesome.
1: Yeah, you talk about that team um, spirit, and the, the Kings definitely have it. Um, and we like you often hear sporting teams talk about culture within a club, culture within an organization. Is that something you're conscious of? Is developing and and making sure you engender that team ethos and the team culture at the Kings?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think you know a lot of people try to use the word culture and say they've got it bottled up, and I, I think. Your culture is ever only going to be the, the personalities of the people in your group. But we try to create an environment that they like to have fun together. They, they get to grow bonds over the course of the season. And hopefully more organically than anything, they'll they'll develop a, a team ethos and a team bond that will help lead us to to where we want to go.
0: And the Kings are a very successful NBL team, as we all know. And some of your owners are very successful in their own right. You've obviously got Andrew Bogut and Luke Longley there as a part of the ownership group do they ever come and try and give you some piece of advice that you have to ignore, or how does that go?
2: No, I mean, Luke's been not only an owner, but an advisor to, to me and to Chris and the group for for some time now, and he's great meeting with players, We've meeting with myself, just being a great sounding board. So talk to Luke quite a bit. You know, Bokes kind of uh, stays more... In big-picture stuff in the day-to-day, and he, he's, he and Smitty and, and that group kind of focus on the long-term and the big-picture goals, and Robin um, and Luke's probably the more one that's hands-on with the team, but um, they're, it's great to have so many successful people, not only in basketball, but in business, um, supporting our team and having great ideas from a lot of different angles.
1: That's interesting that Bugs is the one who's probably saying less. Do you follow him on Twitter? Because he's <laughs> a good follow. He, he has no, quite I, a few I, opinions. I, I,
2: I think I'm gonna to have to start muting bugs because then I get the things that he likes and the things that he likes start to go far, far right for me. So I gotta, I gotta kind of tap, you know, filter it a little bit.
0: I don't think you'd be the first one there, Chase. That's that's filtering old bugs. Hey, mate, you your old man, um, he is the CEO of the San
1: Antonio Spurs,
0: which. Um, has a long history with Australians.
1: Full disclosure here, yeah. you're talking to the professor who is a uh, lifelong Spurs fan, mate. He's, he's... I am sick for the San Antonio Spurs and the Sydney Kings. They're my two teams. So
0: I'm um, really excited to chat to you. <laughs> hey, um, you've got a real affiliation with Australians at the Spurs. So you had Andrew Gaze. You had, um, obviously, um, Paddy Mills, Jock mm. Landau more recently. Shane Hill had a stint there. Um, what, what is the connection with the Spurs and Australia? And, and I guess, is that a part of how you've ended up here?
2: Well, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I can think back to the 99 championship, being like 11 years old, having, watching Gazy kind of recreate Michael Jordan's crying with the trophy moment as a an jest and having a good laugh about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, my dad came down to Melbourne back in 98 to, to watch the under-23 world championships that Hito Turklu, Amato Ginobili, Matt Nielsen was there and a bunch of good players and, and you know, knew Brown, Brett Brown as he was coaching in the early 2000s in Sydney and obviously Brett came to the Spurs from there. I think Brett probably has played and Brett's relationship and, and role in the organization has probably played a, as big of a role in terms of Aussies and the Spurs as, as anyone because he, his passion, his charisma and stuff. And, and to be fair, Brett's you know a born naturalized uh, Aussie probably more than anything. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's been great to have there and, and Matty Nielsen um, you know, also on the front of the bench with the Spurs now, it's definitely still an Aussie contingent there.
0: Pretty amazing all the coaching staff and players that are making their way into the NBA. It's a real, There's a real connection between these two comps now, isn't there, the NBA and the NBL?
2: For sure. I mean, you look at the style of play that we play in the NBL, it's very fast-paced, similar to, well, probably more similar to the NBA than maybe Europe and some of the other leagues around the world, so... I think it's a it's a great product. We're putting on the floor. I think imports love coming to play here. It's the middle of summer. Great cities. You know, don't have to learn a new uh, language a lot of times. So, um, I think it's becoming a really desirable destination for for imports and coaches alike. And it's only going to continue to grow. Yeah, mate, you guys, uh, you've obviously
1: the Kings are having an, an amazing NBL season. Now on uh Friday night, you guys are traveling down to Tasmania to face the Jack jumpers. Um, so there they're, you guys faced off against them in last year's grand final series. Um, mate, when you're talking to your family and friends back in the States, can they believe there's a team called the Jack jumpers?
2: Yeah, it was funny, you know, having my family here for the finals last year some people asking what a jack jumper is and things like that. But no, uh, credit to, to Scott and their organization. They really found an identity um, in the name and in their, their club for the for the island, as they say. It's, um, it's been neat to see them have a ton of success in just such a short amount of time and play with a bunch of passion. Their fans are great. So we're really looking forward to that one.
0: Now you've got four games left. So Sunday is the Kings' last home game. So if anybody out there wants to go and watch the Kings for the last time, in Sydney, they are playing Southeast Melbourne Magi- uh, Magic. That's me going back there. Sorry, oh, Phoenix yeah. there. <laughs> There's a
1: heritage round yeah. throwback.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's worth going to watch the basketball. It's worth going to watch Chase, I've got to yes. say. It's very entertaining. Um, and on that particular night, this will be interesting because two of the leading contenders for the MVP for the NBL this year mm. are Mitch Creek of the Phoenix and Xavier Cooks of the Kings. Do you think Xavier can get it done, Chase?
2: Well, I think Zay is probably more focused on winning the championship and winning and as many games as we can. But um, for my money, it would be hard to look past X in terms of just the team success we have and how big of a part of he, that he is and um, just his per-minute numbers and stuff are truly off the charts. So, yeah, we're well lucky that, to have him.
1: That's what he's telling you, that he's more focused on winning the championship. <laughs> but, you know, come on, let's be honest. He, he's told the professor nah, he I just mean, wants that MVP. The... <laughs> Who cares about the finals? <laughs> No, nah, Dave's too much of a, a team
0: guy for that. So, hey, Chase, thanks for joining us. We'll let you go, um, and and good hey. luck for the rest of the season. We'll be watching. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Hey,
1: th- you're right, mate. Yeah, that, oh, was mate that was very exciting. Very exciting. I thought, like, he's a, what a great, uh, what a great guy, though. Like very um, well spoken, calm, and uh, not anything like the Chase Buford you see oh, on the side. He's lines. So great to watch. His passion
0: is infectious, <laughs> isn't like, it?